Welcome to the Sustainable Conversations podcast, where we approach issues in the world around you and break them down into understandable terms to further your education. As a mid-sized financial planning firm in Vancouver, Washington, we take our experience with clients and put it to the microphone in order to further people's education of the world of finance and economics. Whether that is the stock market, interest rates, portfolios, or even investor behavior, we aim to simplify these issues just for you. Thank you so much for tuning in with Sustainable Conversations. We'll make sure you learned something today. Hello, everybody. We're back with Sustainable Conversations. And today, August 11th, we'll be talking about interest rates in the mortgage sphere. We have a couple of special guests today, Taylor Vilhauer and Abe Lodwick. And we'll be going over just all the aspects of how these interest rates are affecting clients, uh, whether you're dealing with mortgages or specifically financial planning, as we do here at Sustainable Wealth Management. In the beginning part of the podcast, we'll be talking mainly with Abe about how the mortgage loan market works in general, since some of our listeners probably are unfamiliar with this area of business. We'll also be talking with Taylor about how he deals with mortgages in counseling his clients. And stay tuned to the end part of the podcast where Abe and Taylor both respectively talk about how they've counseled their clients through these tough times with interest rates whether that be mortgages or also just all areas of financial planning. It should be very informational, and we thank you again for listening. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Sustainable Conversations, episode 21. Uh, We're here with Taylor Vilhauer and a special guest, Abe Lodwick. It's great to have you here, Abe. Thanks for having me. Excited. Yeah, we're going to be talking about interest rates and specifically how they're affecting the mortgage sphere at this point. Um, so we want to get some insight from these guys. I'm not the professional. They are. So we're going to let them say what they have to say. It's going to be it's going to be great. So thank you guys for listening. Um, to start it off, Abe, you want to just give us a little bit of a rundown of what you do? Yeah. So I'm a residential home loan originator. There's a lot of different ways to say that. But basically, I help people get qualified to purchase a home. Hmm. Um, I work with a lot of first-time home buyers or repeat buyers who might be selling and then buying. Um, basically, anybody that wants to buy a one-to-four unit residence that they're going to live in or use as an investment property or a second home. So, I'm not in the con- commercial space. That's a whole other, yeah. whole other side of lending yeah. that I'm not uh, not privy to. So mostly residential. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's yep. good to know. Um, so. In the housing market, you know, mortgage mortgage rates are very impactful to how business is done, obviously, um, and they contribute to how high or low mortgage loan cost. So, um, if higher interest, you know, if the rates are higher, would you say that business is typically better or worse? Depends upon how you look at it, yeah. which I hate answers like that, because realistically, if rates go up, they go up for a reason, um, and there's a lot of reasons for it. Um, when banks are lending money at a cheaper interest rate business in terms of the amount of mortgages that go out, they go up, you know, Hmm. over the last two years, mortgage rates have been super low. And so people have been just scrambling to either buy or refinance, which is good for banks. Um, at the same time, when interest rates go up, the cost of money obviously is higher. Um, the drawback is less people are wanting to buy. So there is a pinch. Um, if you want to look at that as a glass half full thing, the market, and Taylor can speak to this, the market is kind of course correcting. I mean, it's really kind of normalizing. So if you look at it from a, a longer term perspective, as opposed to the last couple of years, sure, it's like, sure, this sure. is kind of normal. Would you say, Taylor, I mean, you've been in it, you've done it, you know? 
Yeah, I, mean, I do have experience in the business right yeah. out of college, um, working in that business. And I'll never forget the day that um, I was young. I didn't experience owning a home in the 80s, obviously. But uh, I remember the day that rates went below 6% for the first time. And it was like historic, yeah. right? Yeah. Mid-2000s. Yeah. Um, and now we find ourselves back here where they're somewhere in that ballpark. Right. And... Um, you know, it's had a huge impact on the world in a bad way for the moment sure. from a from a residential mortgage perspective, just yeah. because of payments going up so high, prices already being so high relative to what right. we've had in the past. When you're working in your current job, you know, as a financial advisor, do you come across a lot of clients needing help with mortgage issues like this? Um, not necessarily help, but when we're doing financial planning, which is a big piece of what we do, obviously... Your home was one of your biggest assets for the vast majority of us. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, from a planning perspective, and this doesn't apply to everyone, but a lot of us, you know, it's it's better from a planning perspective to have the goal of having no house payment by retirement, hmm. right? Yeah, just makes retiring easy. So that's a, a large part of what we talk about. And does it make sense with our plan? Can we still save enough based on that house that we're buying? So it's, it's probably a little deeper dive than maybe Abe would take with that person yeah. as it relates to, yeah. you know, <clears throat> beyond debt to income ratios. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about, okay, how does this house impact my financial plan as it relates to retiring one day and whenever that might be? Sure, sure. So you play maybe a little bit different role in yeah. it than Abe yeah. would, yeah, obviously. Um, Abe, do you want to give kind of an example of how, you know, whatever the interest rate is at, how does that really play into, you know, your process of working with the client and then trying to get a loan? Yeah. So, um, like I said, I work with a lot of first timers, a lot of people that are kind of in that 25 to 35 year old sure. range, okay. other people as well too. But, you know, a lot of those folks, um, they've gotten so used to interest rates being low over the last couple of years. Again, they think that's, that's kind of the normal. So when you talk about a five and a half, six percent interest rate, mm -hmm. they're they immediately kind of just get alerted, right? Yeah. Everyone can go onto Google and they do their own research and there's a lot of just all kinds of information out there that can just lead you down a crazy rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. So having that kind of understanding coming into a conversation is sure. huge. Um, I made a, I wrote down a little example so I wouldn't forget it, but um, really if you were to purchase like a five hundred thousand dollar house, for example, put five percent down, right? Last year, two years ago, when rates were about 3%, just mm -hmm. for easy math, your monthly payment, just the principal and interest payment, there's taxes and insurance that come along with it, but your principal and interest payment would be about $2,000. Okay. okay. Fast forward to today, same loan, nothing changes. That interest rate would be about 6%, just mm -hmm. assuming good credit. That payment would be $2,800. Oh, wow. So that's a huge jump, a huge change just in a very short amount mm -hmm. of time. And when someone was thinking about buying two years ago and now they want to buy today, that's a tough conversation. Yeah, and yeah. That, that can definitely yeah. take people inside or outside of qualifying. Huh. Um, you got some people with wide eyes these days. Huh? A lot of wide yeah. eyes. And another way to look at it, too, if two years ago you could afford a $2,000 payment at 3% for that $500,000 house, if you still wanted to keep that payment around two thousand mm -hmm. dollars, and again, just principal and interest, yeah. these aren't quotes for the record; these are not yeah, quotes. Yeah, sure. um, but if you wanted to keep that payment at two thousand dollars, you would have to start shopping. Instead of shopping for a mm -hmm. three uh, for a five hundred thousand dollars house, you would be shopping for a three hundred fifty thousand wow. dollars house today. That's a big difference. That's a big yeah. difference, right? And so that's a huge difference between maybe a three bedroom, two bath home, sure. and maybe getting a manufactured property yeah. or 
you know, being able to buy it all. Huh. So, well, and generally speaking, that person two years ago at 500,000, that house is not 500,000 today, That's right. which is kind of like insult right. to entry, right? When interest right. rates go up now, that house is That's right. whatever it is, um, which obviously now we're starting to see calm down a little bit. I would. Yeah. Think. Well, and it's cool because where we live, we live in the Pacific Northwest, right? Homes here appreciate, which is wonderful if you're already owning the home, but if you're trying to get in, yeah, boy, it, it's, it's, it can be tough. It's so tough. just like understanding that and then meeting the client where they are, I think mm. goes a long way. Yeah. Have you seen a, a struggle as it relates to, to debt to income ratios the past few months? Yes. Um, I think the, the biggest struggle with that is say a client might be pre-approved. If rates change, nothing else in their world changes. But if a rate goes up, they might no longer be pre-approved. Their debt to right. income might take them out of the range. Hmm. You know, different loan programs have different qualifying standards, so you might have a little bit more flexibility with an FHA or a VA loan, whereas with a jumbo loan or, um, you know, if you want to buy an investment property, there's certain things that go hmm. into it that would limit and make those ratios lower. So that's like getting into the weeds, but um, definitely something that you want if you're pre-approved and you haven't bought a house keep that thing up to date because rates do change. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, I wanted to give kind of a background, maybe a little explaining mortgages in general a little more because, you know, given the nature of this is a financial yeah. advising podcast, our listeners, you know, don't necessarily know. I've heard you already mention a few of these, but I wanted to go through uh, the different types of mortgage loans you can choose from. So you have the conventional loan, which is best for borrowers with a good credit score. Um, and then you just talked about a jumbo loan, which seems like you need a little better credit and you're looking to buy maybe more expensive home. Yeah, jumbo loans. Um, so every year, um, well, not every year, it, they will change what's called the conforming loan limit. Hmm. So, you know, if and a lot of that is bit driven by inflation, people making more money, the economy being strong the last couple of years, that limit has gone up. Hmm. So if you're above that mark, I believe it's 647. 400 right now with 648 something like that i should i should know maybe yeah yeah um but if you're above that mark for your loan you qualify for a jumbo loan okay. um and once you do that there's going to be tighter you know ratio uh qualifying ratios for that you might need to have reserves which is just essentially more holdings more assets in the bank mm -hmm. whether it's retirement income or retirement accounts or um, just more savings or stocks to be able to just show that if you lost your source of income could you still make that mortgage gotcha. payment gotcha. Um, you know better credit scores more money down so they're harder to qualify for sure. um, but as homes get more and more expensive uh, yeah. that's definitely something yeah. that uh, people have to look at huh. interesting mm -hmm. it'd be pretty hard to sell homes and qualify people if that yeah. jumbo limit didn't go up right right yeah exactly I, I'm completely drawing a blank I should know this is probably something that we should edit in for the listeners so they don't yeah. think I'm a complete fool we'll um, get the exact uh, the exact number well and that number has editing. changed dramatically even right. the past you know 10 or 15 years as right. home prices have gone up which is good for the average consumer right no that's that's it, it helps a lot of people and there's there's ways that you can I mean you can get into doing a first and second loan you can go into like up in King County mm -hmm. they're a high cost area so that conforming loan limit is actually higher okay right so yeah. it's just it's just more and more expensive so it's hmm. 891 250 up in King County it's 647 200 in gotcha. Clark County gotcha and that's because people up there make more money cost of living's higher average um, price of homes average price of homes exactly so yeah. you know a you know a $800,000 home in uh, 
King County could still be a regular conventional loan, whereas here it would probably cross, yeah. it, based on how much you put down, yeah. probably cross yeah. into jumbo. Yeah. But I would also, you know, it seems like I would guess that that number might be going up around here as well, do you think, in the last few years? Because It's increased I mean, significantly. Yeah. Just in the last couple of years, I mean, it was at... Uh, 510,000, I think, two years ago, huh. two or three years yeah. ago. So it's gone up significantly yeah. very quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, this area is, you know, blossoming. There's yeah. a lot of lot of building, a lot yeah. of more expensive homes. Yeah. Um, so there's also government insured loans, fixed rate mortgages, and adjustable rate mortgages. Are, there's, are any of these, like, more of your specialty? You, you know, work with these anymore? Any of them on this list? That's a great question. I really think... I think the loan program picks the borrower. Okay. A lot of that's based on credit profile, based on how much money they have available to put down, what their needs are. Um, you know, some people, if they're trying to buy an investment property, well, you can't use an FHA loan to hmm. buy an investment property. An FHA loan is for an owner-occupied residence. So you'd have to qualify for a conventional loan. Gotcha. FHA loans, VA loans, USDA loans tend to help uh, maybe lower credit borrowers. Um, qualify for the loan so like to qualify for an fha loan credit score needs to be 580 um you know for a conventional loan depending on the lender it could be Hmm. 620 640 680 you know just changes from lender to lender Hmm. um but because those are government loans that means that they're government-backed securities so they essentially will often carry lower interest rates um because they are fully guaranteed loans because loans ultimately come down to what kind of risk they are Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So as I was doing some uh, some more research on, you know, what the current situation is looking at, I was browsing investopedia.com and there was an interesting bullet point that said, if the economy grows fast enough, rising mortgage rates will not have as great an effect on property value and housing prices as long as salaries and wages correspondingly grow as well. So do you feel like this is an accurate description of the situation? Is there anything you want to say on that? I think it's a true statement, but I don't think it's necessarily, in my opinion, accurate because Hmm. if you look at income in the 70s compared to the average cost of a home then Mm -hmm. and income now compared to the average cost of a home, there's a great disparity. So I I hopped on uh, the census.gov and pulled some numbers. And according to the New York Times, the average interest rate in in 1970 was 8.5%. Okay. So... Take that with a grain of salt. It's coming from the New York Times. But it does kind of give a little bit of a perspective if rates are at, say, 6 hmm. or 5.875 today. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, we're in the same ballpark. Um, but in 1970, according to the census, I got up, the average income was $10,000. Hmm. The average home price was $28,000. So these are averages, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, they yeah. sound like crazy. But, you know, adjusted for inflation, that would be a $76,000 income today. Okay. And a... A hundred and ninety-two thousand dollar home price. That's the biggie. That's the biggie, right? Okay, and so that's so that income is about thirty-five percent of that home cost, right there. Gotcha. Today, as of twenty twenty, the average salary or uh, you know household income was sixty-seven thousand yeah. dollars, and the average home price was three eighty-one. So that disparity—that's about seventeen percent of mm. your your income is about seventeen yeah. percent yeah. of the home cost. So you can see how. Home prices have uh, steadily gone up, and salaries, you know, if you look at inflation, depending upon which metrics you want to use, you know, they haven't necessarily grown at the mm-hmm. same pace. Okay. So I think that's why a lot of first-time buyers of our generation are having a tough time buying mm-hmm. homes, and there's a lot of frustration because of that. Yeah. You know, yeah, buying yeah. a home is a huge investment, mm-hmm. and, you know, Taylor alluded to this earlier, but it does show that if you can get in, it shows why real estate is such a wonderful 
investment vehicle sure. to diversify yeah. your yeah. money. And it's why a lot of people do that in yeah. addition to other ways as well. Yeah. So if I'm understanding you correctly, it seems as if, you know, in the seventies you have an average salary, you're pretty, you know, likely to be able to afford an average house. Yeah. And these days you're saying, you know, that the salary hasn't necessarily grown much, but the, the cost of houses is obviously skyrocketing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And as it is with statistics that you find and you pull, like I know that some people would say, oh, well, you know, that maybe that number is more closer to, you know, 75,000, whatever it might be. Sure. But you get the gist. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're if you're living, if your household income is around that mark, it it is hard. It sure. is difficult. Sure. You know, and it makes it hard on those buyers that uh, that are trying to just get into the housing market. Sure. Yeah. Um, switching things up a little bit, uh, we talked about uh, the different types of mortgages. Uh, I want to kind of go back to that. Uh, this might be, you know, maybe a little bit tough of a question to answer, but generally, do you feel like the rising interest rates changes what kind of loans people would, you know, you kind of talked about this, but is there any loans that people are, you know, jumping to because of the rising rates or anything? I'm just kind of interested in that, like how you choose alone now you said it kind of picks the yeah yeah the, you know customer but has it been changing a lot you know due to the rates you you uh, question is more accurate than you than you realize hmm. i think a lot of people are really considering these days adjustable rate mortgages hmm. um more so than the last five five years or so 100 percent, 100 percent. and and yes with adjustable rate mortgages comes a certain amount of risk and it, it's in the name you know after a set amount of time Sure. your rate will change and you don't know huh. really where it's going to change could go down but everyone assumes it goes up yeah. right um but a lot more people have been talking hmm. about that so if you have for example a a 5-1 adjustable rate mortgage that means that after your rates fixed for five years and sure. after five years your rate will adjust huh. every year depending upon where the yeah, market's where at, at, right? Yeah. Um, there are scenarios where it changes every month or hmm. every six months. It really just kind of depends upon the program. Um, but if you think or know that you're going to be in that house for less than five years, it could make a lot of sense and you'll probably get a better interest rate. So there's some people that are willing to assume that risk. Hmm. Um, it's totally up to to the buyer. Um, my job is to make sure that when people buy a home, they understand the responsibility that comes with it. It should be fun. Like buying a home should be a really fun enjoyable thing sure um, it's a huge investment for a lot of people it's very emotional especially if you're buying a primary residence it's where you're gonna have christmas and thanksgiving if you celebrate yeah. those holidays or just yeah. spending time with family um but they also have to understand like the responsibility that comes with it and yeah. so like yeah. having gone through it and, and hmm. buying my house uh, my, my first house a while ago which i've since sold but um i didn't even know what all went into a mortgage payment this was before i got into the mortgage industry my lender didn't explain, you know, all the aspects of a full mortgage payment. Sure. And I was, I was mortgage poor. <laughs> and so it's not fun to help somebody buy a house if they have nothing left over. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's what it takes. You know, like hmm. if they really want to get a house, I'm here to help them. Cause if I don't help them, they're just going to go somewhere else. Um, but also explaining yeah. and really like teaching and coaching goes a long way. I think. Sure. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Did you see, I know that in my experience the past few years, I've noticed a lot more folks um, utilizing a 15-year mortgage because rates were so low. They're like, hey, yeah. they're yeah. so low, the payment's so low, or lower than it would be, obviously, um, in the climate we're in now, yeah. that it's almost an opportunity to um, where maybe they couldn't afford a 15-year before to do that and paid off quicker. Yeah. Yeah, so I that's probably gone by the wayside the past few months. I yeah, they're tough. They, I mean, they're definitely harder to qualify for. I know 
Um, I think Dave Ramsey's a huge advocate for the 15 year. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, if folks, if they can't qualify for that, I'll always tell them, Hey, if you can qualify for a 30 year mortgage, you can double your payment and just essentially make two payments every single month. It effectively becomes a 15 year. Yeah. A lot of people ask about biweekly payments. I just say, Hey, just make one extra payment a year. You'll shorten significantly your total long term just by making hmm. 13 payments in a year as opposed yeah. to 12. So, um, but yeah, to your point, I think there was, those were a lot more common in the last couple hmm. of years, harder to qualify for now, but yeah. uh, definitely a great option if you can. For sure. Kind of move into a little bit of a less, you know, wordy uh, subject. Uh, I just wanted to ask, how do you guys coach your clients through, you know, kind of kind of murky waters right now? Things are getting tough, I'd say, or they have been tough, you know, in the past almost you know couple of years. But lately, past six months, I'd say, at least as I've been around here, I've seen a lot of uh, clients, you know, having harder times and sounds like kind of a similar thing might be happening in the mortgage industry. So I like industry, excuse me. So I'd like both of you guys to kind of answer, you know, what's your best advice when you're counseling clients through things like this? I want to hear Taylor's response first. Sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's hear it. Well, that's pretty easy actually for us because with what we do, well, first off, we're talking about residential mortgages for the most part today, but rising interest rates don't just affect Right, right. Yeah, the that's home what, we're purchasing, right. even so though for true. most of us, right. it's the biggest purchase. It's the one we might be most familiar with. Right. But there's, you know, bonds, for instance, which has a lot to do with what we do in managing sure. investment. And we've portfolios. talked about that before as well. Shout yeah. out to the podcast. I listened to Top is uh bond, uh, bond piece as well. That yeah. was a good one, as well yeah. as Linda's on mutual funds. So mm-hmm. both very informative. I listened to both of them yesterday. They're great. Well, the interesting piece right now, so obviously we're managing investments, right? Mm-hmm. Earmarked for retirement for the most part. Um, diversification, it all goes back to diversification, how important that is. Right now it's interesting because it's we have turbulence in the financial markets, sure. but also rise in interest rates, which affects the bond portion of a portfolio, which typically levels out that bumpy ride. So it's kind of a double-edged sword right now. As it relates to... Um, what to do it just it goes back to that long-term thinking um i think that the next couple of years potentially obviously um are going to be a bit more turbulent but rising interest rates for everything isn't necessarily bad in the long run um if we can get through that that turbulence yeah hmm. let's uh let's hear abe's answer so uh, so the question was how do i advise clients through these murky times yeah. is yeah. that the, okay I mean, you have to be able to advise and, and speak to the market. I'll always tell them, like, it's really hard to time a market when it comes sure. to buying a home. We I, preach the same exact thing. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because, and I feel like sometimes the, whoever I'm talking to, sometimes they'll accept that and someone's will be like, no, like, give me the real, like, the nitty gritty. I'm like, I don't, I can't tell you how the market's going to respond to us trying to decrease inflation. Mm-hmm. And I know their inflation <laughs> yeah. reports came out this week. I don't know. I've heard mixed reviews just on like, is this accurate, I, sure. you know, whatever. Um, but obviously, as inflation is up, one way to offset that is raising interest rates. And so I'll just essentially tell clients, look, as long as inflation is still running pretty rampant, rates are going to stay high. You know, we're going to go deeper into tough, tougher economic times. And once we're in the midst of that, rates should come back down. Hmm. But they want to know when, and it's hard to say. Yeah. You know, I'll always t- I, I will tell clients, and it's advice I give to myself right now because I'm you know, wife and I are looking at hopefully buying a home here in the next seven to eight months. And so it's, it's true advice and it always is, but it's easier because I'm using myself as like an example. Mm -hmm. But if you need to buy a home, it's better to buy a home now 
And if rates get better, refinance out of it. Sure. As opposed to waiting, because homes realistically are going to get more expensive. Rates might come down, but homes are going to continue to yeah. get more expensive. And so if you need to buy now, I encourage people to buy now. Um, if so, if you can qualify and it's the right move for you and your family, you'll be glad you did. Mm-hmm. If you can't buy now, it's okay. You know, I think a lot of people get stressed out and, and uh, they want to buy as quickly as they can. And that's where you need to work with financial folks, lenders, realtors that understand your financial goals. Yeah. And sometimes it's a longer game plan. Mm-hmm. So I think just listening it is a lot of my advising <laughs> and just hearing people sure. and just some of their comments and concerns. Um, that goes a long way. Sure. I think for us too, one of the big things that we talk about is staying the course, right? Yeah. Making sure that yeah. making sure that the risk profile is in line with mm-hmm. the portfolio we're managing and staying the course. Yeah. Not trying to time, that, time mm-hmm. that on a daily basis, but with a mortgage, that might mean changing course and needing to wait a little bit if rates sure. went up and I can no longer afford that house, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said earlier, like a lot of folks were qualified earlier in the year, but they can't buy right now just because of rates, and yeah. it's just because of rates. Mm-hmm. So it does take some time and, and yeah. patience. Yeah, you just got to have some understanding. Yeah, yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Heard that from everybody here at some point. You know, so absolutely. That's great to great to know. Yeah. Well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, I don't have anything, any other burning questions, anything else you guys would like to discuss before we finish it up. I don't. I appreciate you guys having me on. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you very much Thanks, for coming. Aiden. Thanks, Taylor. It's uh, It's been great. You know, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all platforms. We'll have this one on YouTube. And uh, thank you guys so much for your continued support. We love doing this and uh, hope everyone has a great week. Thanks, Abe. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We just have a few disclosures here. So please remember that the opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or in any specific security. The podcast is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Sustainable Wealth Management Incorporated is a registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Sustainable Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Sustainable Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place. Incorporated employees providing such comments and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Sustainable Wealth Management or performance returns of any... Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Have a great day.